to be back. Glory to God. Well, we've been talking about a lot of different things, and we've been talking about growing up a little bit and, and, you know, how we do things for the Lord and stuff like that. So I just want to continue on that. I won't try to review a lot, but kind of in this, there'll be a little bit of a review on some things about, you know, the things that the Lord did for us and uh, how he died on the cross for us and how he raised from the dead for us and paid the price for us and did all those things for us. But today I want to talk to you about hearing from God. And uh, how important that is in our lives. And I know a lot of people hear that and, and they kind of get quiet. And, and uh, But it's a lot easier than a lot of people think. So let me just read you the verse and we'll just get right into it. Uh, put up there for me, uh, John 10, 27. This is the King James Version. And the first point that I have down here is, can I hear from God? Can I hear from God? Read the first two words in that. The first two words of that say, My sheep. Now, in order to qualify to hear from God, the very first qualifying thing is, you have to be... His sheep. And we kind of talked about that a few weeks ago. You can't be um, backslidden or you can't be living way over here on the devil's turf and be expecting to hear from God, which he's, you know, kind of like way over here. You have to be the very first qualifies, qualifiers are my sheep hear my voice. So if you hadn't been hearing his voice, you might want to check up on the first part of that. Now, y'all forget, I'm still here today. Right? Okay. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. So two things we want to look at on that is, number one, are you saved? In order to hear his voice, you have to be saved. Then the second thing is, I remember when we first got saved, and I wasn't even saved at the time, but Keith was saved, and and we had started listening. I mean, this was back in the early 70s, and we had started listening to Brother Copeland's stuff at the time, and and um, we were getting, trying to get direction at the time and trying to hear from the Lord and stuff like that. And Keith has told you this story about how he would, in the middle of the night... He'd get up and he'd go out in the pasture and he'd sit there and he'd say, Lord, I need to hear your voice. I know there's something going on in here, but I just don't know what it is, you know, and and talk to me. You know, I need to hear from you. And finally, he said, the Lord told him this. He said, son, there's a lot of stuff in this book that I've already said. He said, learn what that says first. And if I need to tell you anything else, I will. Because, and let me tell you why the Lord would say that. The more mature you get, the more you realize these things. Because if you don't know what this says, you don't even know if it's God or not. Because the devil also has a voice. And he can tell you a whole lots of stuff. And you don't know whether to divide if it's the devil or if it's the Lord. So the very next thing that you have to do to know if it's his voice or not... 
is to what? Know his voice. Know what he's saying. You got to know the word to be able to rightly divide what's him and what's not him. Now I have a little clip here that I want to show you that I think is really cute. And I think it'll, it'll, we've had more clips today. I think we may break our clip record today. (laughs) You know, so, um, uh, they're going to show you this little clip, but, uh, so go ahead and put, put down the screen because I think they need to see it. Um, it's really, really cute. Um, you know me, I, everything I do is cute. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, but anyway, we, ha- we have to know what his word says because what the devil does is he'll quote you the word, but he'll leave out one word. He'll get real close to it, but he'll leave out one part. And if you don't know the word, he'll twist it or he'll turn it. And if you don't know this well enough, he'll hoodwink you. And he'll get you to believe something that's not God's word. So the first thing we have to know to hear God's voice is to know his word. Okay? So look at this clip real quick. I'll move over here so I'm not in the middle of it. One more time. confusion about if we know the Lord's voice or not when we hear his voice we just have to learn it and when you learn it you're not going to listen to somebody else's voice as a matter of fact if a wolf's out there what would a sheep do he'd be in fear of it and he would run from that voice and so if we learn the father's voice well enough we'll run from the devil's voice 
We'll run in the other direction from things that would would not be right because it would it would put a check in us. It would put a fear in us. It would put not really a fear, but it would put a, a, a warning. That's the word warning in us. Run, run, get out of here. Don't mess with this. You know, because we know that voice so well, just like those animals did. Did you see him immediately when his voice did their head perked up? What's he about to say? And that's the way we should be. When the Lord says something, we should go just like that with our heads immediately. So the first two things, my first point was, that's what I wanted you to get out of that. Then we're going to go on to point two. You got it. My sheep. Now, if that would have been somebody else's sheep, he would, they wouldn't have answered to him. But his sheep answered to him. So first you got to be saved and then you got to know his word. Okay, then my point two, why can't I hear him or why can't I hear him clear enough? How many of you remember last week that I told the story about the three people that did something for the Lord or with the Lord and they got results? You remember the Shunammite woman? Okay, she built the room on her home. Do you think she just did that at a whim? She had something inside of her that she felt like, well, they didn't really just hear the voice of the Lord like we do today because we have the Holy Spirit. But she had something inside of her that led her to, to do that. What if she would not have followed that leading? Would she have gotten the blessing of the child? Absolutely not. And I think that's the way it is with a lot of us today. Brother Hagen used to have a saying like this. He said it, I'd say, almost every other service. People are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural. Say that with me. People are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural. People are looking for the spectacular and missing the supernatural. Now, granted, when you first get saved, your heart and your conscience... It's clean and clear like a little baby's. You know, it's, you can hear better from the Lord. Things are not as mumble-jumbled as they get the longer that you serve the Lord and you don't do what He says do. But when you first get saved and you're serving the Lord and the Lord says do this and then you weigh it out, what do you think? Do I want to do that or do I don't want to do that? Should I do that or should I not do that? And you try to decide if it's the Lord or not, and then you don't do it. Well, it makes it harder for you to hear from him the next time and the next time and the next time. You know, last week I talked to you about, and I put up on the screen, all of our homes that we had and have. But I didn't tell you the other side of that. I didn't tell you the part about 
pal. As we were going along, and before we got some of these houses, what the things were in the middle of those things. People leave out a lot of stories. And they make it seem like everything in their life is just grand and rosy and they never have to stand and they never have to believe God and there's never any tests or trials and there's never anything that they have to overcome and they never have to wonder if they're getting it right or they never have to change or they never have to do anything. Let's read this verse again and let's look at the other side of it. John 10:27. Now we got the first part. You're going to know this verse by the end of the service. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. So how many in here are his sheep? That's not every hand. Let's try it again. How many in here are his sheep? Still not every hand, so maybe by the end of the service we should have an altar call. Okay? His sheep. But read the last part of that. Can I, all of his sheep should read it. Okay. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And the last part. And they follow me. Did you see what happened with that, that farmer? They called him the farmer. What did those sheep do when he came inside that fence? They were following him. I saw one rebellious one out there. He was, he was wolf bait. He was that little black wolf bait. He was there. He was. I saw him still standing back up there at the top of the pen. Keith calls those wolf bait, doesn't he? Little, what what does he call them? Independent sheep? Yeah. They're left out there, not with the rest of the flock, and they can get eat. But if you're his sheep... There's two prerequisites. You hear his voice, and then you do what? You follow him. Put up Luke 11:28 in the Amplified. It says, "But he said, here's your word again: blessed, happy to be envied. Rather are those who hear the word of God. What's the next part?" Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We can't just hear the Word of God. We have to actually obey the Word of God. That comes the sticky part. That comes the bad part. Because what people like is... Like Dave likes to eat. Does anybody know how Dave likes to eat? No vegetables. He likes to eat the stuff he likes and leave off the stuff he doesn't like. They're going to put Dave on the screen here in a minute. Poor Dave. No, bless Dave. But he's told us all over and over again, right? Yes, but we don't get to do that with the Word. We don't get to pick out the blessing parts 
and the healing parts and the prosperity parts and the good parts and say, yes, I like that part. Then when God tells us to obey all the word, we don't like that part. So we don't do that part. And we wonder how come we're not blessed. You've all heard the story of Brother Hagin telling about the Lord, him not being blessed. And the Lord asked him, he asked the Lord a question. He said, because you're not obeying my word. And he said, well, Lord, I left my last church. And Lord, I did this. And Lord, I did that. He said, yeah, you were obeying me, but you weren't willing while you were obeying me. So we have to obey. But not only do we have to obey, we have to be willing while we're obeying. So we have to obey his word and we have to practice it. Now, here's the part I hadn't enjoyed so much. So I'm going to be honest with you. You know me. I just tell it, spill it out like it is. So here we are. We're living in these little shoot-em-up alley dumps. Okay, you come out the front door and they're on the bullhorn. Get back inside. They got police everywhere and SWAT teams and everything. So I'm believing for another place. So we get another place, and it's not a whole lot better. Up and down, three flights of stairs to do your laundry and stuff like that. Well, so finally we get a little bit further along, and we find this house, or Keith finds this house that he wants, because he's a country boy. How many of you are country people? Yeah, country people, you like a little land. I'm a city child. I, I, I was born in New Orleans, in the city of New Orleans. And um, I grew up there. But Keith is country. And they had to pump sunshine in where he was. <laughs> when I married him, I had to help them milk dairy cows and get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. It was sad, I'm telling you, it was sad. And his mother would come to the to our trailer, that beautiful trailer I showed y'all last week, and she knew right where the bedroom was, and she'd get on the side like that. Let's go to the garden. I'm like, yo, mom, yo, garden. But I didn't. I got up and went to the garden. She said, it's going to get hot out here. And I thought, yeah, and it's going to get hot whether we go or whether we stay. Humidity 110% and everything else. But we got up and we went to the garden. And they didn't just plant a row in a garden. They plant truck patches in the garden. You know. So anyway, um, I grew up in the city. He grew up in the country. You got that part. So we, he wanted a house that was out in the country. And it had like, oh, six or seven or eight acres. It was a nice place. The house was okay. It needed to be remodeled some, but it was in the country. And he had his heart set on it. And I thought, that's what he wants. I don't care. You remember, while I was working, I was believing God for the money. It was coming in. I was making good money. We could buy it. So we get in the middle of it. The Lord tells Keith, drop it. He's like, Lord, he said, drop it. Don't bring it up again. The next morning, I get up. He said, Phil, we're not getting that house. I'm like, why? He said, Lord said, not get it. That was the end of the conversation. We didn't talk about it again. We were done with it. Why? 
Because it said, obey his word. Whether it's written or he tells you something. It didn't matter how much he wanted that house or how much time we'd invested into it or what else he said. Well, so we found another house. It was close by. I really liked this house. It was like a half a block from the Hagens. It would have saved me a lot of traveling and a lot of trouble. And I was at mom's every single day and I was having to do stuff. and, And it was a good price and it was just, you know, and we're driving back to Mississippi to our folks. We already had a contract on it. We were just a few days from closing. We must have had some kind of clause in it that we could get out of it. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer or a realtor or any of those things, or I wasn't at the time. And, um, I mean, we were, we were on it. The Lord woke me up like I've told you a thousand times and said, don't get that house. I mean to tell you, on the way, way back from Mississippi, I told Keith, I said, the Lord said, I can't get that house. He said, but you like that house. I said, I know. Guess what we did? Guess what we did? Guess what we did? Now, I wanted that house really, really, really bad. And my flesh wanted it worse than I wanted it. And that's bad. But when the Lord said, don't get it, you don't get it. Now, we've made mistakes the other way, too. Keith told you about the Corvette he got that time, right? And he asked the Lord if he could have it, and the Lord kind of didn't answer. So he thought, yeah, I'll get it anyway. It was the biggest mess we ever had. We couldn't tithe the way we wanted to. We couldn't give the way we wanted to. The Lord said, get rid of it. Guess what? We got rid of it and you had to ride with me. That was punishment. Uh Uh-huh. Teach him to disobey the Lord again. I bet he wasn't so quick to do that again. No, I'm just kidding. But the Lord had given me a car, so we didn't have a payment then. But, but, we went from that house that Keith wanted, and Keith really, really wanted that house, and his flesh really, really wanted that house, and I really, really wanted the next house. Really, really did. But the Lord told both of us on two different ones. No. But then the Lord found us that one. The Lord found us one. The Lord found us one. The Lord found us one. That I showed you. It had a tennis court and a swimming pool. It had a six-car garage. We drove past it, and it looked like it was empty, and I looked through the windows. And we called them, and we, and we offered them this, I mean, astronomically low figure. And they said, okay. 
We never dreamed it that they would accept it. And we thought, now how are we going to get it? <laughs> but my point about it is hearing from God. Had we have gotten that first house, had we have gotten that second house, our payments would have been higher. We wouldn't have been where God wanted us to be. We wouldn't have had the money when we got ready to sell it. You don't know the end from the beginning. We wouldn't have had the money that we needed when we sold it to put in that church in Branson. Because we wouldn't have had any equity. Because we would have probably just got out of them what they were worth. But because we got that one for pennies on the dollar because it was a foreclosure... We were able to have all this other when we sold it to be able to start that church. So when you hear the voice of the Lord and he tells you, no, don't do this, don't do it. He's not out to keep good from you. He's out to get good to you. He's out to give you better than you ever dreamed or thought. Better than you could even imagine or hope for. A lot of times we can't envision how good God wants us to have stuff. He wants us to, I could have never dreamed of that house. I could not have ever dreamed of having a house that was exactly the colorings that I wanted. It had, we... Keith would say, Phil, just go buy you a cute little tennis outfit and stand out there. <laughs> we didn't know how to play tennis. We never held a tennis racket in our lives. We found out later that the little boys next door, would, we, were, we didn't even get to move in it for a year because we were traveling with the Hagens, and the little boys next door were teenagers, and they'd come over the fence and play on the tennis court and swim in the swimming pool while we were gone. At least somebody got some use out of it. Because we didn't. We got zero use out. We, we did the swimming pool a little bit. I'll never forget it. Ja, uh, Janet's little girls came over one time, and her little one is scared of nothing. Nothing under the sun. And the older one was there, and the slide was really tall. And she kept telling her older sister, come on, let's go, let's go. She got up there and went straight down. It was the first time anybody ever went down it. And she kept telling her, come on, come on, come on. But we, we were so busy. But my point is, hear from God. Has he told you or have you been in the middle of something and he said, no, don't do it. And you're sitting in the office ready to buy a car and you've got this, this thing inside of you the whole time that you're doing it's going, yuck, yuck. Yuck, 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 and it gets louder. Yuck, 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 and it just gets louder and louder inside of you. Have you ever ever had that? I hate to tell you, but that's the L O R D telling you not to do it. You're looking for the spectacular, and you're missing the supernatural. That's the Lord telling you, stop, don't do it, don't go forward with this, 
Stop right where you are. Back up. Say, excuse me, gentlemen. I was about to buy this, but you know what? I think I just need to think about this. You're picking up that pen. You're getting ready to sign the next 160 million easy payments. And something inside you says, uh, 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 wait about that. And you're going, oh, I got this. I got this. Oh, you're fixing to go on a trip. You've already got everything planned. Kids are all packed. Everything's ready to go. And something inside you keeps going, uck, 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 uck. And you just don't want to tell your spouse. They've been dreaming about it. And you're still going, uck, uck. Or it may even be real low. Uck. 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 It's just consistent. Uck. 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 Uck, 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 uck. Uck, 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 uck. And you try to override it with your head. But every time you think about it, you go, uck. Oh, uck. But you just go on anyway. And you do it anyway. You override what you're getting in here. That is refusing to hear from God. It's refusing to hear His voice and pretending like you don't hear it. And the bad part about it is He wants to give you something better. He wants to do something better for you, but your flesh has got to have this now. Your flesh wants it now. Your flesh's microwave isn't fast enough. It doesn't cook fast enough. Come on. And our flesh has gotten to where nothing is fast enough. Nothing can be done quick enough. Nobody does it the way you want it done. And at some point in time, you got to look at this flesh and go... In oh no and look to the Lord and hear what he's saying again and do what he's telling you to do Amen. that's what happened with these people that did hear from the Lord now look at look at this picture I got another picture for you I found you a picture I think you'll like He's got his TV going. He's got his computer going. He's got his radio going. He's reading a book. He's got a book on top of his Bible. He's got a Bible there, but it's underneath everything. He's got his Walkman going. And then he's got some headphones on top of his Walkman. And the shepherd is yelling as loud as he can absolutely yell. I wonder how many of our lives are that way. That when we don't want to hear something, that's what we do. We just kind of drown it out with everything else that we want to drown it out with. And we just refuse to hear what God's saying. We either 
can't hear it because we're bombarded with everything else or we don't want to hear it. How many of you actually did what I said do last week? One, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. The rest of you don't even remember what I said do. So if you don't remember, there's absolutely no way you can do it. So you were this. So when you want things from the Lord, He can't even tell you the answer because you can't hear Him. And He wants to give you His very best, but if you can't hear Him, how are you going to get it? Like Yeshua, my woman, build a room on the house, I'll give you a baby. you got to hear from Him. He's looking out for your very best. It's like us, don't get those houses... Because there's something down the road that I'm going to need you to do with the extra if you get this other one. But if you don't know 10 years down the road, how are you going to know that? How many of you can hear in here can see 10 years down the road? You can see 10 years down the road? What's going to happen to you in 10 years down the road? Oh, no. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no, no. I just mean, that's okay. I'm picking on you. <laughs> you know me. I like to pick on everybody. Um, how many of you know exactly what you're going to be doing to the day 10 years down the road? Absolutely nobody. You don't even know if you're going to be dead in heaven 10 years from now. Some of you has got some pretty gray hair in here. See, he's hiding. We don't know. You got some too, right? Some of you don't even have any hair. So, but God does. He knows the end from the beginning. And if we'll trust Him, He'll set us on the right path to where He has us lined up to where everything is good. But we have to listen to Him. We have to hear His voice and then we have to obey what He tells us to do. And if we'll do that, he'll set us up for good. He'll set us up that we have everything good in our life. But we have to tell this flesh no sometimes. No, you can't have that house right now. No, you can't have that car right now. No, you can't do this this right now. I'm going to read you another scripture in a minute. But remember Jesus, before I do that, let me tell you this. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. Um, How many of you remember about Jesus? And he said... He only did those things that what? He saw the Father do. That's all Jesus ever did. Now, He's our example. Jesus only did the things that He saw the Father do. Now, how many of you have a little son? Raise your hand in here. Or, or a son. Had a, yeah, he may not be little anymore, but had a son. How many of you dads, especially? Raise your hand. Dads had a son. I'm going to ask you a question. Did he ever try to shave when he was little? Raise your hand if he did. Did he, or did he ever try to put on shaving cream or deodorant? Or did he ever try to drive the car? Or did he ever try to dress like you? Or did he ever try... How many of you tried to do things that you did? Yeah. Tried to do it. Women. How many of you moms had little girls? Did they ever put on your high heels or your lipstick or your makeup? Huh? Why? Because they follow us. 
They watch us and they do what we did. They think it's cool. Have you ever heard them say something and you think, where in the world did they get that? And then you realize, I said that. Or I say that like that. And, And so you're an example whether you want to be or not. You're a good example or you're a bad example. And all you have to do is look at your kids to see that. So Jesus did exactly that. He just emulated what his father did. He watched what his father did and he did what his father did. We're supposed to do exactly the same thing. We're supposed to see and hear and know what our father did. And that's what we're supposed to do. And the only way that you can know that is by spending time with him, either in his word or through prayer. If we'll do that, the more that we do that, the easier our lives will be. The less that we do that, the harder our lives will be. So that's why the devil fights so hard to keep you from spending any time from, with God. It's not that he just necessarily wants you to die and go to hell today. He just knows that if he can keep you from spending any time in this Bible or any time in prayer with the Lord, he can keep you from being this blessed, happy, envy. Because he knows you won't obey God. You won't be strong enough to obey God. Because the first thing he brings to you and tells you, you get that ick. 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 Make your kids mind you. Ugh, it's too much trouble. Ugh. Ugh. Don't buy that. Get offline. Uh, uh, uh. 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 And you know it in here, and you ignore it. Well, the devil's not trying to make you avoid doing what God says for the fun of it. He's trying to do it because he knows if you do that, in the end, it's going to make you miserable. How many of you went ahead and bought something that you had that about? Every hand in the place almost. Was it hard to pay off? Did you wish you wouldn't have got it later? Wasn't as much fun as you thought it would be. And that's the way the devil is. He presses you, and he presses you, and he presses you, and he presses you. You really like this, because he's really good at manipulating our flesh. You really, I mean, and desire. He's really good at those things. And he'll put it in front of you, and he'll keep it in front of you. And every commercial that comes on will be about it. And everything that you, every, every lot that you pass will be a car, one just like it or one better than it, and you want one. Or every clothing store, somebody will have, or you go out somewhere, and the lady will have one like it or one better. He knows how to do it. But the way to avoid those traps is by you staying so built up, you're like, I'll have that and I'll have ten of those in God's time. And it'll be better. It's going to be better because God will give it to me. And I won't be miserable with it.
It's not money that's the problem. It's the love of money. Love of money. Okay. Um, the third point I want to get to is, um, can I stay blessed? Once I'm blessed and I've done these things, and I realize I have to obey Him, I, I first have to hear Him, then I know I can hear Him more clearly because I'm starting to obey Him. That yuck inside, that's the Lord. You know it. Or you get, go the opposite way. You get this, you're in the middle of something, and you feel like, yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah, 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 this is good. You keep hearing, yeah, 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 this is good. We should do this. Yeah, 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 we should do this. Yeah, 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 we should do this. But you're a little lazy and you don't want to do it. You should probably get up and do it. And you hear, yeah, 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 do it. Yeah, 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 give that money. Yeah, 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 go there and help them. Yeah, 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 buy them that. You should probably do it. The Lord is not going to jerk you up by the hand and say, come and do this. He's not the pressure one. It's the devil that's the pressure one. The Lord's going to go, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. People, my staff has thought a lot of times that I'm a little wacko. I know they have. Because we can be right in the middle of something, and I can tell them, no, we're not doing that anymore. Or, no, we don't, we don't need to do that. Or, I've told them to do something, and they just look at me like, what? And so they'll come back with this response. It's not my tomato. <laughs> well, they really should tell the Lord. Really, what I think when they say that is, you should really grow up. Because you just told me you don't want to do what the Lord said. Every time they tell me that, it's not my tomato, I just want to say, you just said you don't want to do what the Lord said do. And I really feel sorry for you in your own personal life because that means you don't want to do what the Lord said do. Because they should know us by now that we don't just do what we want to do. Because if we did, I would be sitting over there and somebody else would be up here. (laughs) And you all know that. We have to get past what we want to do. We have to get past what our flesh wants to do. And we have to say, Lord, what do you want done? And if he says do it, then we do it with bells on. You know what I mean by that, right? Bells. Bells means you're happy about it. You're joyful about it. And you don't question it twice. If you know it's the Lord, if you know the Lord said stop something, you don't question it again. It doesn't matter how far into it you are, you stop it. If He says start something, it doesn't matter what it takes, how long it takes. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look like there's absolutely any way to do it. I don't think there's been a building we've bought. I don't think that there's been anything we've done for the ministry that it didn't say sold on it before we bought it. That building we're buying now. We went and looked at it the next day. I said, okay, I think we might be interested in it. She says, it's sold. I said, okay, thank you. And I hung up. 
Do you know what? She's not my source. People get irritated. They think they're my source. Who's your source? God's your source. No man is your source. If God wants us to have something, God makes a way for us to have it over and over and over and over again. Doesn't matter if the house you're looking at, the car you're looking at, whatever you're looking at. Doesn't matter if somebody's living in it now. If God says it's yours, He will make a way. That doesn't mean you go tell them, God said this is mine. (laughs) How dumb. They're going to look at you like you fell off the turnip truck yesterday. No. You just trust God. And you just walk in love. And you drive by it and you say, thank you, Lord. You're working everything out for my good and your glory. Thank you, Lord. Just have total peace about it. You remember the hanger situation, right? Over a year and a half. We had a contract on it ready to close. Walking into their office and they said, problem. We could have sued. We could have done a lot of stuff. He said, nope, not happening. Do you know what's happened recently? The man that caused all the trouble, he lost the whole uh, interest he had in the whole airport. He doesn't even have the FBO there anymore. L-O-S-T it. God is on my side. Better not mess with me. I'm his favorite. Don't you forget it. He says, I have lots of proof. Lots of proof. Okay, my last thing. Can you stay blessed? Once you've obeyed him, that kind of stuff. Turn with me to James. Put it in the Message Bible 4-7. I think you all know this. The King James says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. But I thought you might want to see the Message Bible. It kind of says it the way I'm thinking about this morning. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Is that basically saying what we're saying this morning? Let God work his will in you. And when it comes to the things of the devil, scream no to him and go back to what God wants to work in you. And things in your life will begin to turn around. That blessed word will come to pass in your life. The happy, the prosperous, the envious. That will come to pass in your life. Now turn with me, or just listen, but uh, um, to this verse, and um, I think you'll like it. Uh, Job 1. How many of you remember old, poor old Job? Poor old Job. Verse 1. This is the NIV. In the land of us there lived a man whose name was Job. Sounds like a storybook, doesn't it? This man was blameless and upright, and he feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned, say it with me, 
7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. Now read the last line. Everybody in here. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. The greatest man. Now, Rob, Dan, I asked y'all to get some guys together this morning. I want to show y'all an illustration this morning. I think it'll help you from now on out about this sermon. Just in a circle? Facing in's fine. Yeah, just make a circle. Just join hands. Join hands together. Make make a circle like you're going to play Ring Around the Rosies or something. Yeah. Yeah, spread out more. Yeah, spread it. No, you can spread out a little bit. That's good. Right there. That's good. That's good. All right. Can y'all still see me? Maybe adjust just a little bit. Come, come a little. Yeah, there you go. Can y'all still see me on the camera in Branson? All right. I'm going to read you a verse here. Job 1.10. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. The devil's asking the Lord this question. Hast thou made a hedge about Job and about his house and about all he has on every side? Hast thou blessed the work of his hands and his substance and his increase in the land? The devil was convinced Job had a hedge around him. I'm convinced I have a hedge around me. The devil can't attack me so long as I obey and do what the Lord tells me to do. I'm convinced this is how my life is. I'm convinced that every day of my life, no matter where I go, this hedge moves with me. If I move to the right, the hedge moves with me. Okay? If I move to the left, the hedge moves with me. And where where I'm going? No matter where I'm going. But there's a devil out there. Where's my little Presley? Now, in comparison to this hedge of angels around me, the devil tries to get in. All the time. And he's looking for a weak spot. He's constantly trying to penetrate this hedge. He's, I mean, he's, he's constantly looking. He, he goes about to and fro seeking whom he may devour. devour. He's seeking constantly if he can devour you. But if I don't get out from around this hedge, I stay in this hedge constantly... Everywhere I go, my angels go with me because I've not done anything to break my hedge. My hedge is with me everywhere I go. It's with me. See how little the devil is in comparison? People have him bigger. But he's not. He's littler. And he cannot break through. Because my hedge is strong. 
because I'm doing what the Lord says. Now, say, for instance, here, I do something. Say I do something and I open up my hedge. What just happened? The devil just got me. (laughs) He just penetrated and Presley could get right through here. No delays, no problem. He just got right through here and attacked me. Darts or finances or sickness or anything else. He could get right in here. But there's some good news. Sit right there for just a minute. Put up verse 42, 10. Stay apart for just a minute. 42, 10. Job got his life right after all that year, didn't he? And listen to 42, 10. After Job prayed for his friends... Who did? What's the next two words say? This is the NIV. Yeah. Who did it? The Lord. The Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as, twice as much as what he had before. And all his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house and they comforted him and consoled him over all the trouble that he had brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. And the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. And read it with me. He had had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, a thousand donkeys, seven sons and three daughters. So, thank you guys. Thank you, Presley. You may have in your life had that hedge around you completely at one point. But you also may have let it open somewhere. It can be closed again. It's not hard to close it again. Start doing what the Lord told you to do. Repent. Ask the Lord to show you what it is and do it. Close that hedge again and the Lord can give you back twice as much as what you had before. And maybe you didn't have much before but an old trailer with no heat. But you got to start somewhere. He'll give you twice as much as that. And then you start multiplying again. When you multiply two times two, what happens? You get four and you multiply four times four, what happens? That's as far as I can go. I don't know my math. (laughs) But you understand what I'm saying. Let's quit letting the devil have place in our lives. Let's quit letting him win. The moment, the moment that you get that uck in your life, stop. It doesn't matter how bad your flesh wants it. It doesn't matter how bad your kids want it. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how important the people are you're doing it with. It doesn't matter what's going on. If you know that it's the Lord, you better stop it in your tracks. 
On the flip side, just like what Dave said Friday night, Keith said, Phil, y'all do this building by this time. Okay. Because I know him well enough to know he felt like that was the Lord. And he don't put pressure on me just for the fun of it. If he said, I want it done in four weeks, that meant he needs it done in four weeks. And he knows I have a lot of other stuff going. So that meant me and Dave and Rob and the other guys, Dan, whoever, we work night and day getting it done. Doesn't matter what else your flesh had planned. If God says do this, guess what? That's what we do. We hear from God and we do it. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. How many of you 